from Kurtco Media. Coming up on this episode of Life Done Better. But the, the formula is actually quite simple. Spending some time to get clear. And then with that clarity, then you make intentional decisions or bring intentional practices into your lives. And the third step just happens by default, which is an expansion of possibility because we can see can see the next like that feels right you know that someone offers you an opportunity and it's a hell yes welcome to life done better i'm your host jill de young hello everyone welcome back to life done better season two are you feeling uninspired a little lost and have the feeling you're not living your best life Asking yourself constructive and at times tough questions can give you the clarity and confidence you need to make better choices for yourself. If we question what we believe, what we stand for, and who we are, we're constantly striving to improve ourselves and make ourselves happier. When we stop asking questions, we stop learning. Asking questions forces your brain to make new patterns and challenges the old ways of thinking that you have become accustomed to. Today, I'm joined by mental fitness expert, podcast host, and brand new author of Personal Socrates, a book that explores the questions that shapes the lives of legends and world-class performers, Mark Champagne. Thanks, Jill. I can't wait to jam with you. You are the man of the best questions because you just wrote a book about it. And if there was one sentence that I could take out of the book and put it on repeat is... At any point, we're only one question away from a different life. Yes, it's so true. And, and you have a story to tell. You have a big story to tell. Now, like a little bit of the intro of your book, like you share the tremendous success of 86 million people downloading the digital journaling app, Kayo. It's your mental fitness company that you created. And the next thing is, what do you do? <laughs> delete from app store <laughs> wait 86 million people you know like how long it takes to get people excited about an app sign up for it and you decide to discontinue what happened yeah well decide to discontinue is uh is a strong line jill but so what happened in, you know the short story of that we didn't have 86 million downloads we had 86 million app store impressions we still have hundreds of thousands of downloads so we should still the you know the the awe factor of how many people we reached and the fact that had to hit delete from app store uh, still doesn't make sense other than we ran out of money time and essentially mental capacity to keep the app going you know we just we needed more time to refine it and keep people in there and, and engage and whatnot and we just we we ran out of both of those things money and and mental capacity but that app, and again, that, that world, because I had left the corporate world to pursue this idea and try this out, brought me into mental fitness. And it was, it was challenging because I'm, I'll never forget when I hit delete from App Store, all the wrong questions were running through my mind. You know, like, how could we have failed at such a colossal level? Or what would, what would my ex-colleagues think? Because I left the job happy. I wasn't in one of those scenarios where I dreaded driving into work just all this self-judgment, right? And, and fear of others judging. And it wasn't until basically using the practices that I was picking up from all the interviews and all the, all the incredible humans that were featured in the app that I realized that, wait a second, they're all asking a very different set of questions and finally led me to my question, which was, 
what do I want for my life? Had I not asked that question where I was at and heading, I was already in a depression heading into a really deep one. And I can see how that would have just looped. But that question gave the pause or a long enough pause to then put a plan together and change the narrative and start, you know, working towards progressive questions and, and the next path and the next journey. Right. So that one question uh, and your question is, what do I want for my life? was that pause. And, and from that question, you ask yourself another question, because it's not just that one question, it's what comes from that question, the thought yeah. process. So, so tell me a little bit, if you remember, what came to mind? What did you want for your life? Because obviously, like when you hit the delete button, you also kind of deleted the identity you had for those years that you were working on the app. And it's yeah. really big. And so do you even know what you want in that moment? Or is that just like day by day, you're starting to get to know yourself again when, you know, you're kind of amputated, right? Yeah. Well, I was crippled by fear, to be completely honest. I mean, I was at that time, I had just, like, like you said, deleted an app and an identity. I saw myself working on for the next many years, and now that was gone. And then throughout that journey, I also realized, well, this is the work that truly lights me up. Like, this is where I need to be. But I just deleted the vehicle to keep me in there. And now my backup plan of going back to that industry or, or past job just didn't feel aligned anymore. So now my backup plan's gone. <laughs> I have no job, essentially. It's already been a, a huge financial struggle the last, you know, the, the previous three years. You know, now what? So it was, it was terrifying. And it wasn't until landing on that question that then at least allowed for the pause and the fear and the narrative to ask the next question or come help come back to the present moment to bring in some gratitude, right? Even though I deleted the app, I deleted the app on a laptop that most people in the world don't even have access to, right? So just doing everything possible to pause the narrative so then I can ask the next question and wake up the next morning knowing I have some sort of plan and something to be excited about and motivated about. So it, it took, it wasn't just, you know, asking the question and everything started to get better. I mean, it, it was, you know, months essentially of slowly asking another question and, and leveraging the practices and, and continuing to build that journey. But question after question, which is essentially the Socratic method, I mean, I didn't think of it in that way at that time, brought enough clarity in, in, in terms of, okay, well then if, if this is how I would want my ideal, to, ideal day to play out, well, what do I need to be doing? Who do I need to be speaking with? What's one step I can take right now to get closer to that? And just, you know, inch by inch getting closer and closer. Yeah. What was important right from like that moment? What was most important? Because I, I hear, you know, financial insecurity for years. I'm like, did, did you want financial security? Was that like a really big factor? Or was there something else like peace of mind? Or was it your health that had, you know, you may have not taken care of as much as you wished to like what was like yeah. top priority coming out of let's say that that depression that you could see you going in there deeper and deeper yeah that's a great question i mean the number one priority was my health like i said there was major financial stress but the one thing that was an absolute green light was my monthly gym membership because it was the it was the thing that you know, I was doing every morning physical exercise, but there was also a steam room at the gym that I was in. So I would do my mental fitness in there. I do some meditation and try to visualize the day and set some intentions for the day. You know, so my full-time job at that point became the health of my mind first, because without that, I can't think clearly enough 
to actually put the plan together and then, and then for sure can't execute on the plan. You know, that's why I'm so passionate about this work because I know, I mean, I've been there and I, I'm, I'm human like the rest of us. I still, you know, oscillate up and down, for example, but there, I also know there are tools that can help pull us out of there and pause that narrative because if we can do that, then we all win as a collective society because we're, you know, we're happier, we're more motivated, we're doing the work that lights us up, we can make better decisions. It's all upside, essentially. I mean, I had a, actually a, a quite a aha moment myself because at some point in my modeling career, I wanted to do something different. I wanted, I was like, I know it's, you know, not a long time career. It ended up being a very long time career, but I, I was never thinking it would be. So I was standing in the shower and I was thinking I would really love to do something, you know, passionate, like modeling wasn't really a passion. It was something I, you know, was very grateful for and it was, you know, I was good at it and I kept, kept working as a model, but it was like, I need to do something else with my life that I'm more passionate, more heart in it. So I was in the shower, shampooing my hair and looked over at the shampoo bottle and it had a question on it. Oh, wow. <laughs> it actually said, what comes naturally to you? Like, and I'm like, what a weird question, because it was a natural brand. Natural ship. Like, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, well, what comes natural to me? I'm not, I don't know, like, what comes naturally to me? It's a weird question, right? It's, it's to me, it wasn't like, uh, that. it didn't actually make me think, oh, well, this and this comes naturally to me. Because oftentimes the things that we're good, in, good at anyway, it's not something we're necessarily proud of. It's usually the things we work hard for that we're proud of. And the things that come naturally, we kind of take for granted. But we do know that a lot of our superpowers in that more natural like thing that we may not have identified yet. Yeah. So the next question was, well, I mean, what, what makes me happiest during the week? Like what was like some of the highlights of my week? And I was thinking, you know what, funny enough, it's going to the a farmer's market. It's like yeah. getting my fresh loaf of bread and fresh vegetables and fruits and whatever else is available. And I put it in my fridge and I look in my fridge and I feel a richness, an abundance that I don't really feel in other areas of my life. I'm like, I feel so excited for all this food and I wanted to cook better. I wanted to transform all that food into delicious meals. And that's where I actually set the intention because uh, I, I call myself a goal digger. I love, you know, setting big goals and work towards it. Otherwise, I'm just not really putting in the work. And so I said to, to my then husband, I said, hey, I'm, uh, I'm writing a cookbook. <laughs> and he was laughing. And he, said, and he was what? like, you? <laughs> yeah. He was like, you? Like, you know, he was the one doing mo most of the cooking at the time. And I said, yeah. I said, well, that's a great idea. Why not? Because he was like, I know that whatever you put your mind on, you will do. And so that actually started the journey to the Models to Eat book that I ended up publishing in 2019. I love it. Well, so two things happening there, right? I mean, and, and this is essentially the structure of the book, but like, first of all, those shower moments and those moments on a run or whatever, I mean, they're not they're not by accident, but the, the thing that's happening there is that we're giving enough stillness and quietness to our mind, essentially, right? Like we have all the answers circulating. We just need to let our mind do the thing, connect the dots and, and work its magic. But often throughout the day, our minds are just clogged with thoughts and decisions and relationships and emotions and stuff like that. So then we get in the shower or in these, these other places of stillness and that stuff starts to settle. And then the second yeah. part, then obviously you had the question and then that leads into doing something, some intentional thought, right? And then you start getting exactly. more clear and more clear. So 
I mean, it's, it's not complicated, this stuff. The thing is, is that, you know, we're all human and we're all in the same kind of society that puts us on autopilot. It's though the magic really does happen in stillness. And you keep referring back in, in your book about that stillness and it can be meditation, right? It can, and, but it doesn't have to be sitting like you, you said, I'm, I was going to the gym. I was strengthening my body and my, my mental fitness was right there. Yeah. Now, I think a very important part of your, your, the practice that you're talking about is radical honesty, because we are kind of used to say when we're asked, how are you? Hey, Mark, how are you? Good, good. I'm good. And, and if, you know, we're really just dive a little deeper, like, how are you? Like, well, today, you know, things will come up, right? This yeah. has happened. I'm a little bit worried. I'm like... A little bit nervous about this. I'm excited about that. You know, so there's always more than I'm good. I'm fine. But we often res- respond, not just to others, but also to ourselves. It's good. It's fine. We're, we're good. It's almost like putting blinders on. Mm-hmm. Totally. How do you suggest going about blind spots that we have? I, I mean, I'm biased to this practice, but I, I really do find journaling is one of the most effective practices for mental fitness to really get honest with ourselves even take a few minutes in the morning to ask that very question. How am I? Like, how am I feeling? Where am I? If I feel anxious, where am I feeling that in my body? Sometimes just acknowledging what, if you feel like your chest is tight, just acknowledging that often releases some of that tension. But when we don't do that, and when we're not being radically honest with ourselves, well, that just carries into the day. And we may not notice it at first, but it just keeps compounding, compounding. And again, that clogs, it's more mental real estate that's being taken up. And, you know, the example I I like to use is if you imagine a physical room and you open the door and the room is filled floor to ceiling with boxes of stuff, well, you can't possibly see what's in the back of the room or or see a path to navigate to the other side of the room. Our minds are, are really no different. The more stuff we put in there, the more clogged up we become. So as we release that, and one of those things being, how are we actually feeling? If we can release some of that tension and unpack, okay, well, you know, if I'm not feeling great, like what, what's fueling that? Just that's the next question. And then if you can identify what's fueling it, well, then maybe you can, you can take a, a small action to release that. And then all of a sudden, just like that physical room, now you see the light at the end of the room or you see the path to navigate and you can go there. That's why for me, like the sequence is super simple. The practice is not super simple because obviously our lives are complicated, but the, the formula is actually quite simple. Spending some time to get clear. And then when, with that clarity, then you make intentional decisions or bring intentional practices into your life, into our lives. And the third step just happens by default, which is an expansion of possibility because we can see, we can see the next, like the feels right, you know, that someone offers you an opportunity and it's a hell yes, because you, you know exactly who you want to be, where you're trying to optimize or, to, or who you're trying to optimize to become, you know, you're climbing the right mountain, all of these different things, right? If you t- spend some time just in that reflection. Oh, it's powerful. And, and it's like allowing yourself to feel is half of it 
right? Not, not putting it away, like, oh, I don't feel that, or, you know, brushing it off, like, it's fine. Some things are not fine. Like, I recently had a conversation with a friend of mine, and she said, you know what, Joe, through one of your podcasts, uh, we were also talking about uh, little lies we tell ourselves. And she's like, I realized, you know, I keep saying that the relationship with my husband is fine, is great, but it's not. I have to work on it, and I have to make time for it. Because, you know what? You know, I put time in all the other aspects of my life, but this needs priority right now. And I was like, yes, because if you don't address it, it really becomes an issue. Yeah. Right. And a good question for that. That's helped me a lot is just asking, what am I pretending not to know? Ooh, what <laughs> am I pretending not to know? Your friend probably, I mean, if, if, if he or she sat down and answered that question, most likely the relationship aspects of those, those details would come up. Or from a nutrition standpoint, that's a really easy one. It's like we know when we're not eating well. We know when we're making a decision to, to eat something that, you know, potentially is fueling disease versus health. But, you know, we're pretending not to know that for whatever reasons. And, and it, again, it's not the cast judgment, but as we can take time to slow down and still our minds and think about that, we can slow, like now we have data and we have insights to make changes. Yeah, exactly. We're going to take a quick break, but stick around till the end where I ask Mark his top questions to ask in any situation to help create meaningful conversations with even a stranger. We'll be right back. best travel experiences are more than just vacations. They shape who we are, and they bring us closer to the people and places we love. This is the magic of travel. I'm Bruce Wallen, and in my 20 plus years as an editor and writer, I've covered the world's most extraordinary travel experiences from places like Rob Report, National Geographic, and Departures, and I've met some incredible people along the way. The people who make that magic happen. For the first time, I'm inviting you to join me in a little-known world of luxury travel innovators, connoisseurs, and tastemakers, an exclusive group of industry leaders with a passion for the very best of travel. With every episode of Travel That Matters, you'll get access to insider knowledge, secret getaways, unforgettable luxury hotels, and one-of-a-kind travel experiences to expand what you thought was possible, like venturing into the jungle and coming face-to-face -face with rare wildlife. The experience that we had lives within my heart. I don't think I'll ever leave those incredible moments, those gentle giants all around us. Or paying for an extravagant vacation and having no idea what you're in for. They never know where they're going. It almost doesn't matter, you know, whether you take people to Jungle Desert Mountain. It's what happens when you're there that's important. Set off for adventure every other week with Travel That Matters. Each episode is packed with stories to get you dreaming about your next trip and expert advice to help make it happen. Open the door to extraordinary experiences where every minute carries meaning and every moment brims with wonder. The power of travel is huge. It changes people's lives. This is why we travel. This is travel that matters.
Welcome back. I'm chatting with Mark Champagne. Now, the power of questions, I want to dive more into it because <laughs> I want to ask a few questions. So we don't have to get all the answers, but just to like take the time to ask some good questions. And so like a great question forces us to think and think hard. A great question leads to other questions and ultimately to the answers we're seeking. Like you said, Mark, it takes work, consistency, and motivation to stay on course. But when we do, the opportunities are exponential for us and everyone around us. Now, some of the questions you pose in the book, which I really liked, I was like, what are you willing to struggle for? What are you willing to struggle for? Like, what is worth it? I'm willing to struggle to get to an element or a level of waking up happy every morning and motivated and excited. And the struggle with that is finding the right work to be invested in or the right people surrounding that work and the relationships and so forth. And that that has taken time. But I do feel like I'm at that place now. Right. Again, like the book feels like something along that lines. The podcast, I've, you know, it's been four years now. It's been rebranded. It still goes, but there's nothing that lights me up more than doing what I'm doing with you right now and being behind the mic and just having conversation about these practices because I've seen, not only for myself, but I've seen literally questions save people's lives, upgrade their lives. There's just so much there that is accessible to all of us. So I'm willing to struggle to get that out there. I'm willing to do crazy amount of podcasts to try to, you know, get this book out and, and, and reach people and, and for the land to sit in this, this podcast booth and record an audio book, which was a real journey. <laughs> and then reminding myself of like why I'm doing this and, yeah. and what lights me up about it. And, and again, the fact that a lot of the, the practices and the things that I'm writing about actually save me from a really dark place. Uh, that gives me motivation and excitement to, to continue through. Yeah, that's actually a really good question. What arised from hearing you speak just now, I was thinking a good journaling question would be, what are my daily triggers? My mom friends, they would probably say when, you know, my husband puts his clothes on the floor and doesn't even bring it to the laundry basket or when my kids are not grateful for the dinner I cooked from scratch or, you know, like all these yeah. like little things that can be so annoying. And even though you have a great day, these can really creep under your skin. It feels out of, out of your control, mm -hmm. but it can, well, you can communicate differently, right? Hey, guys, this is not our agreement. You know, we have to set some rules again and expectations of who does what around the house. But also in that journaling, if they still keep doing the same thing and you cannot see, you can't seem to change it, then how can you change your response? Yeah. Is it really that important that you're going to let it ruin your day or, or are you going to let it go? Like, I mean, there's just, and, and there's not to say there's a right answer or a wrong answer. It's really more of what is empowering and what is going to help you thrive in that day. Sometimes you can let go of things that really bother you. And you're like, you know what? Mm -hmm. It's actually not worth my energy and time. I'm just going to let go of it. And then your whole energy shifts. Well, there. So you nailed the question. There, also, there's a question, and there's also a practice actually from a mutual friend of ours, and why you and I are linked up, Nikki Sharp, and it was That's in your right. book. So first, the question though is just: Is the energy I'm giving the situation worth it? You know, and just pausing that narrative right there, or something like, 
well, what can I control in this situation? You can typically control the reaction you're having to the situation and you can control the next steps. Or if you want to have that conversation, like you said, revisit the priorities or whatever the situation is. And then the other thing is to always have, and this is Nikki's practice, but to have that five to 10 item list of, she calls it her happiness list. And I call it something similar, but basically the list, you know, your thriving list and the things on those lists being the items, the, the activities, the people, the, the situations that, you know, without a shadow of a doubt will put a smile on your face. And that, and this, this really helped me too, in those really dark days, just knowing that, okay, a spin class for sure is going to put me in a motivated state. Or I'm really into photography, you know, just visiting a photography gallery and just taking some moments to be still and look at a photograph and, you know, look at the detail and things like that. Or a walk or sending a quick message to a good friend or family just saying, hey, was thinking about you. Hope you're having a great day. I mean, that takes microseconds and not only are you making them feel good but guaranteed you're going to feel good as well when they write that message back so these are just all small things that if you can identify the list you can always default back to that list no matter what's happening right and maybe even put the list like right next to where you're working or spending most of your day where you go like, oh, I'm really not feeling well, or oh, man, I'm, f- I'm mentally fried. I really don't feel like the next thing I need to do. Okay, what can I do of this list that, you know, takes up an X amount of time and it will bring me instantly like a space in my mind and freedom in my body and just some happy feeling. Okay, you know, go down the list, pick that one thing, right? And give yourself that freedom to then go off and do that and come back to your work. So that's step one, Jella, because I mean, that's the, that's the pause, the narrative in the spot. But then the, the second part of that, and this is what I lead people through in, the, in Nikki's profile, for example, is that you identify the list first, and then you make another list looking at your calendar to see, okay, well, what am I doing day in and day out from, from the morning you wake up to you go to sleep? And then the third list is like the moment of truth. Well, where's the overlap? And is there an overlap? And usually, you know, there's not an overlap, unfortunately, or there's one thing from that happiness list that's showing up in your weekly schedule. So then if you can start injecting some of those things into your routine, and again, for people that are working in an office or, you know, can't take off and go kite surfing, or in my case, I was snowboarding, you know, while I was writing the book, injecting those moments into to writing days, knowing that those flow states would help. You can do small things like taking a 10-minute walk after lunch, right? Which there's nutritional and and health benefits to that, but there's also mental kind of clearing and reset for the afternoon. First, figuring out what lights you up, but then making sure that those things are in your calendar so that, again, you're getting the benefits of those activities and they're consistent. Yeah. Now, I, I love like meaningful human interaction, like bringing these questions, not just to myself, but really like when I think about a question and I may or may not even have an answer in the moment, I like to talk to my clients, my friends, my husband. I'm like, hey, what do you think? Like, and so Mm. what is your number one, or maybe you have two questions that you really love to ask any human being? Like, so it could be 
you're sitting down next to someone at dinner and you don't know this person, but you do want to get to know this person, but you don't feel like doing the chit chat and hey, what do you do type of feeling, you know, like what, what kind of questions? I'm curious if you have a set of, you know, fun questions that people don't expect and that make you go pretty deep pretty soon, like into getting to know someone's soul. Yeah, well, I mean, I open, you've received this question before, but a, a version of a who are you question, for example, that's a little bit more approachable and like kind of chit chat, but still gets people talking about really basically who they are is just, you know, what lights you up or what what's making you smile these days? What are you excited for? Mm. And those are questions I think that just, again, they, they're, they're progressive questions. They're questions that are motivating and that put a smile on people's faces. And, but then you, you can also get a really good glimpse into, you know, what they value and what's important to them. And then, you know, follow-up questions usually come from that. Because the other thing too, depending on where the relationship is, a question that I always like because I, I'm curious about how people are fueling their their days and fueling their life, but it's just who are you optimizing to become or what are you doing to, to fuel the person you want to be? Like who do you want to become, for example? Is there a gap there? Like what are you doing? Have you changed practices? Are you doing something that's that's different from six months ago, for example? And you know, what's working, what's not. Because I find that, that you know, as the, the person asking the questions and you start picking up on, oh, well, I can try that. Like that, that resonates with me. And here's what I'm trying to do, for example. Depending on how you ask the question, they're not depressing type questions. Right. It's more uplifting and, and, yeah. and, and curiosity with excitement. Because when you connect with someone else's excitement, there is an instant click, right? There's this like, oh, I see you. Totally. Well, because a lot of these practices, especially journaling and whatnot, you know, usually the default is, okay, well, these are the things that you can do to process high stress scenarios or whatever, which is super important, right? And it's, yeah. it's important we have that set of tools. But there's the whole other side of these practices that are linked to, you know, statements like, you know, imagine if I did this or went here or started this new product or this this business what would that look like? Just using imagine in your vocabulary immediately just blows down any type of rules or kind of yeah. limiting beliefs because we're, right. we're, it's like we're going back to, you know, our childlike curiosity. But it's just, it's just, the, it's a language of possibility. Right. Yeah, I love that. And, and, and also, if you wanted to do like if, if it's a small dinner and you want to get to know each other, I, I do think what a great question is. What would you be doing for work if you did not need the money for bills? Yeah. Like, would they still be doing what they're doing or would they be doing something completely different and you may learn something new about them? You're like, oh, I didn't know that about you. Yeah. Well, speaking of, of kind of dinnertime conversations or if you really want to have a fun dinner that this may sound like it's a loaded question, but I've, I've been part of these virtual dinners before and they're just... It's unbelievable what opens up. So there's, there's a profile in the book on a, a guy by the name of Chris Shembra, and he, he runs these gratitude dinners. He's called the Gratitude Guru. Yeah, and just such a stunning human. And he has sparked so many conversations through dinners, whether they're personal or corporate, and everyone gets the same question. And it's just, it's something around, you know, if you had to give credit or thanks to someone who means a lot to you that you haven't or you wish you, you would have given more thanks to, who would that be and why? 
And that's why I say it sounds like it's loaded, but there's an element of safety, I think, that is established or, or comfort jumping into a uh, you know, conversation like that when it comes to gratitude. Because you're, you're starting on, well, I'd love to give thanks because of this, they've done this or whatever it is. But at the same time, you're also identifying, well, you know, I haven't really given them that thanks or that gratitude. So you're, you're also evolving. So it's a beautiful combination of a question. And, you know, there's, there's obviously more detail in that profile, but I've experienced that one firsthand and it's powerful. But Here's a practice for Friday to close off a week that I, it's been a game changer for myself and it's three questions. And I try to do this midday so that I'm not trying to rush out of the practice. Still only takes maybe 15 minutes, but it's just opening up my calendar or my journal, wherever you can see kind of what you did in the week. And it's, what did I learn this week? What would I have changed this week? And most importantly on what you're saying, what can I celebrate about this week? And it's just, I found that this slows us down and pulls us up kind of that 30, 40,000 foot view. And wow, yeah, there was a lot that happened this week that I can be proud of. And it's, it's also a great way to roll into the weekend because you, you release anything that might be stewing in your mind and it doesn't carry into the weekend. You park that, you let it go, and you're going in with a, a happy gratitude state. We do really great things, but we, we're so hard on ourselves most of the time, right? Yeah, absolutely. We are so hard on ourselves, but it's so important to give ourselves some praise every day, not only on Friday, because we deserve it. Now, I actually have a quick technique we can all practice. For everyone listening, close your eyes for a second and imagine this year. And as we're approaching 2022, we're looking back at a year full of events, emotions, things we've done, things we've felt. Now, think back about the best decision you've made this year and feel proud. Feel proud that you made that decision for yourself and bring that energy that you feel now in all the other decisions that you'll be making for yourself for the rest of your life. Now, Mark, I have one more question for you. And of course, everyone listening can benefit from thinking about this as well. Here it is. What is not worth your time any longer? I would say giving energy to things I can't control. That by far, and I, I do everything possible to leverage stoicism type practices to do that because there's really good kind of reframing and perspective shifts that you can pick up in those readings. But the more I, th I pause and, and be still and think about the, the moments that really rock me emotionally, it's usually something that I have zero control in or I'm focusing on, on the, the element that I have no control in and that that still feels very real, right? Feels like a New York Times bestselling st story in my head, but odds are will not come to fruition. So if I can park that and rechannel and rethink on about what I can control, I mean, it's just made such a huge difference. So I have no, I have no time and no respect for the things I can't control right now because it just does not serve, you know, the, the health of my mind. That's a great way to end this episode, Mark. I, I love chatting with you and everyone listening. If you love what Mark is teaching, make sure to pick up his book. His new book is called Personal Socrates and, and catch him on his podcast, Behind the Human. 
Mara, congrats on the book launch, and I hope so many people can learn from your wise practices. Thank you for joining us today as we all learn how to make smarter decisions for a life done better. Thanks so much to Mark Champagne for joining me on the show today. Sometimes it just takes a simple question to break us out of our everyday mental loop. So grab a piece of paper, start journaling, and start asking yourself questions. I know it might feel like work, but trust me, this may be one of the best decisions you ever make for yourself. This show was produced and edited for Kurt Co. Media by AJ Mosley. Until next time, my friends, have a beautiful day. Kurt Co. Media. Media for your mind.